coming up on today's podcast. A bit of this. Uh, well, we could do some follow-up pie charts if uh, <laughs> data becomes available. <laughs> pie man, you're the pie man. <laughs> and a bit of this. So I guess that's like calling yourself Dorian Hurst or something. <laughs> Dorian Hurst. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode number six from Brighton in the UK of Modern Art is Rubbish podcast. You right, Tom? I'm right. Hi, Marcus. Yeah, so we've just been discussing the importance of um, making sure that your uh, your cats are well uh, looked after. Yeah, wormed and fleed. Yeah, right. So, so I was thinking the other day about when I used to smoke cigarettes and someone gave me an African fake B&H, a Benson and Hedges cigarette. Uh, other fakes are available and I smoked it. It was like getting a sore throat. Have you ever tried one of those? A fake cigarette uh, or a fake anything. I've, I've, I know what you mean. I've smoked like cheap and nasty cigarettes from my former smoking days as well. Yeah, we're two non-smokers, right? At yeah. this moment. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like cigarettes are bad enough, but fake cigarettes—that's a whole new level of bad for your lungs. I remember I went to my doctor, and not long after, I'd smoked the fake cigarette, and she listened to my chest, and she said, "There's a lot of crap in there." Like crap? Is that a medical term? Yeah, that was a medical term. <laughs> <laughs> So, I noticed a story that was in the press. There's a gallery in the south of France that's just found out that 82 of its 140 paintings are forgeries. It's a state-run gallery that's uh, dedicated to the artist Etienne Terrace. Etienne Terrace is an artist who's painting around the early 20th century and the late 19th century. He does a lot of landscapes. I mean, 82 out of 140, that's a big chunk of fakes. It's almost like the real ones, they're in the minority. Yeah. I, think. I mean, you know, on a, on a pie chart, that's a bigger chunk, isn't it? Yeah. I don't want to get too mathematical at, on the podcast. <laughs> Create a pie chart for the... Uh... <laughs> I mean, they must have been good fakes to be displayed in a gallery like that you say that but there was an art expert eric Focada, and he noticed that some of the buildings in the pictures were actually constructed after the death of the artist in 1922 that is a shame isn't it yeah i mean that's a bit like a fake suzanne featuring i don't know Chelmsford multi-storey car park. <laughs> that sounds quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chelmsford multi-storey car park is very uh, cubist. And also, I mean, this might be a giveaway sign. He walks up to these paintings and notices a few anomalies in the uh, artworks. And he puts his glove, he goes up to one of the signatures, he wipes away the signature, it's written in ink. So... <laughs> So, so not only is this forger that brazen, he's actually gone out. He's he's written a, a signature in non-permanent uh, ink. Right, so yeah. I guess this is a rural gallery. This is not a famous no. gallery. No. But he's a fairly well-known artist in the area. Yes. I, yeah. I take it. He was also friends with Matisse. With local artists... You can you can fake them a bit more because there's a lot less detail and information about what works they did and what they didn't do. But sticking in buildings after 1922, where the artist died, that's not always the best the best way forward. I don't think. 
Yeah, that was a bit of an error on the forger's part. <laughs> the thing is, as well, is that they spent nearly £140,000 over 20 years on these pictures. The mayor was, was quoted as saying, knowing that people have visited the museum and seen the collection, most of which is fake, that's bad. It's a catastrophe for the municipality. He's quite upset. I mean, if you went to that gallery and you were told that most of them were fakes, would you be upset? I, I No, I don't think so. Well, I'd be going as a tourist, wouldn't I? But I guess for the gallery owner, it's his livelihood and he probably quite cared a lot about uh, this collection yeah. of paintings. On the plus side, he's got a lot of publicity out of this story well, yeah. for his town and his gallery, even though it might be negative, but you know what they say about publicity. Well, yeah, it's, it's, all, all publicity is, is publicity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's going to happen with all these fakes? Is there, are there going to be like criminal proceedings or what's, what's the uh, follow-up to uh, this news? Uh, the thing is, is the police are investigating them at the moment. Eventually, uh, af- after the crime, crime has been investigated and probably prosecuted, most fakes end up being destroyed because they can't be allowed to be in circulation in case someone tries to pass them off again. If we, uh, if we get any more information on that in the future, I will uh, follow it up. In, in future podcasts for people. Uh, well, we could do some follow-up pie charts if uh, <laughs> data becomes available. <laughs> pie man. You're the pie man. <laughs> you know, it's interesting we're talking about fakery. There's always been fakes. Even Michelangelo has produced fakes. Uh, he's produced fakes of other artists. Yeah. I mean, at the yeah. time, uh, and we're talking uh, around about 1490s, when he was uh, starting to come to prominence in Renaissance time, copying Roman sculptures and being able to copy artworks was quite revered. Michelangelo was so good, he actually used to copy drawings of old masters so perfectly um, that they couldn't actually be distinguished from the originals. So good that he'd actually swap over some of the uh, originals with his copy and keep the originals himself. So that's interesting. So he was, um, what we are describing now is forging other artists' work, but he was revered for it at the time. Well, yes. What happened was he was in Florence when he was about 21. His patrons, the Medicis, were actually exiled. So he's got no money. What he does is he creates a uh, statue, uh, an Eros statue, and he gets together with his dealer and they bury it in the ground in order to age it. And then this is then sold on to a cardinal in Rome. The cardinal found out that it was a fake. But he was so impressed with the fake, he actually requested him to produce another one, another statue for him. So back to the south of France in Elm, this artist who's forged all these works, I mean, could they potentially have their own show of these works? Uh, maybe back in the maybe back in the fifteenth century or well, turn yeah, of the sixteenth century, would have been revered. But I think Michelangelo wouldn't have like included the London Eye in his sculptures. He would have <laughs> of Eros. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
On to a more modern forger that I've picked. The subject of forgery is massive, so I've just picked a, a kind of small selection, and I'm sure this is a subject we'll return to uh, soon. Elmir de Hori, and he was born in 1906 in Hungary. And something I'd like to start off by mentioning was he was actually gay and Jewish. So you can imagine uh, the early part of the 20th century you're going to have to keep that very quiet. And as Jews were persecuted before even the Second World War, and also being gay would have presented a lot of issues as well. So he would have had to learn to bluff and lie in order to get by in certain circles. Um, yeah, so did, did he study painting at um, any establishment? No, no, he studied it in Hungary, age 16, uh, just training and then he moved to Paris in 1926 now Paris again was still quite a uh, an important hub for art uh, around that time it was a swinging place wasn't it in the 1920s yeah very very much so so he didn't actually get into art to get by he decided to uh, do check fraud counterfeiting documents and he used to pretend to be aristocracy I assume you get into certain uh, bars and restaurants yeah i guess check for and those sort of they're a good like build up if you want to get into art forgery it might be a good place to start yes also apparently pretended to be from an aristocratic background i suppose if you say i'm from the aristocracy people will think that your check is less likely to bounce (laughs) (laughs) so he's lived in paris he hasn't really done anything and then of course the second world war happens and he claims uh, that he was in a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. After that, he went back to Paris and he thought, well, I'm going I'm to make it as an artist. And he was not successful. But what happened was he had a chance meeting with Lady Malcolm Campbell. Yes, this is a lady. And she saw one of his works and looked at it and thought, is that a Picasso? And uh, Amir said yes. So she mistook one of his drawings for a Picasso. And and she said, oh, is that a Picasso? And he actually said yes, rather than say no, it's a copy. And she bought it from him. So he got an idea then that maybe he could make a few more and sell them. Brilliant. Yeah, so uh, so he went round Paris and he sold a lot, uh, a lot of works. I think the thing is you do what you can to survive and he was a hustler. But the other thing is, is when you do drawings and not paintings and they're less likely to arouse any kind of suspicion at all because another drawing by Picasso or by Matisse is not going to arouse any suspicion, but a painting will be a big deal. Have you ever tried yourself? No, I've, I mean, I've done drawings of Da Vinci and I'll put, I'll put one on the site so people can see. I'll probably use it as a logo, but I, I don't think I could I, I could con anyone. I could probably con someone. Uh, uh, like, uh, I could probably fool a, a short-sighted child into believing it was a, uh, a Da Vinci. But So they, they'd be devastated after they've left Specsavers? <laughs> I'd have to do it before they had their eye test. <laughs> <laughs> but just for the record, I, I have no intention of trying to flog uh, illicit <laughs> da Vinci's to children. Well, it's it's important to be clear about this. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the thing is, is Amir then 
he goes to America because America is very, very hungry for art. And he became so successful with selling artworks um, that he had one even hanging in places like the Detroit Institute of Art. So do you know what the piece was that he painted that made it to the Detroit Museum? Yeah, it was a fake Matisse. He was with a partner uh, called Ferdinand Legro or Legros, and who was selling his works for him in America. And this this man, Legros, sold over 50 paintings to one Texas oil a businessman, which is not very clever. You don't really want to do that kind of amount of sales to one person. That was a, that was a big error to sell all of them in one lot to one person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. This Texas oil businessman is obviously not happy at all so he brings a lot of pressure on the authorities because he's got a lot of influence as well to uh, arrest the dealer i forgot to mention that emir has actually left america because he doesn't want to get arrested very sensible and his dealer is under a lot of pressure so his dealer leaves as well eventually you can imagine being a faker it becomes quite boring and his later fakes are not as good as his early fakes so in the end, uh, Amir ends up living in Ibiza at a friend's house. And eventually, in 1976, he was due to be extradited to France. And he thinks, I can't spend the rest of my life. It would be the rest of his life in prison. So he took an overdose of sleeping pills and killed himself. Yeah. As a final note, it's worth pointing out, Amir was featured in a documentary by Orson Welles called F is for Fake and I'll put a trailer on the site because that's definitely worth looking at as well. This is a story from 1998 from the early days of eBay. I was looking up about uh, eBay art and uh, this is a guy called Kenneth Walton, who uh, he found an abstract painting uh, in a garage sale in the USA. What, did he buy it? Yeah, he did. He bought it. He then takes it home uh, and then signs it, RD52. <laughs> I think in his mind he's making it look like a Richard Diebenkorn painting. Richard Diebenkorn? Oh, was he painting in 1952? Uh, yes. At some point, I haven't been able to find out the exact details of this, he met a couple of other guys who were uh, involved in eBay and he became quite interested in what they were doing. So what they decided to do was to put this painting that signed RD52 on eBay for sale. What they did was they uh, they made sure that the description was kind of like a guy who'd gone out and bought something and didn't really remember work out what it was about yeah so basically you're saying it was a true story only that they couldn't remember the end bit when he signed it when he got home he forgot about that bit. yes <laughs> yeah other than that it was totally true yes so in order to get the price up him and his friend his two partners they get together and they make over 50 fake bids on the painting in order to bump up the price. 
And how they do that is they have several different accounts. One of them is called Thrift Store Bob. This is some of the names. Oh, let, let me guess the other two. Uh, right. The International Arts Council? No, what was it? No. Try oh, again. Um, <laughs> um, Lucky Bidder number six? No, no. Big Fat Mama Jumbers. <laughs> yeah. Big Fat Mama Jumbers was one of them. And the other thing they also did was they used the name Giacometti and Still. Now, the thing is, is those names are names of famous artists. So I think they were trying to... Uh, uh, G- Giacometti uh, and Still, that, that was an, an eBay ID. Yes. Yeah. They were trying to do that in order to create the idea that they might be uh, famous artist families. Oh, you know, right, So they relate yeah. to the artist. So I guess that's like calling yourself Dorian Hurst or something. Dorian Hurst. <laughs> Damien's uh, second cousin. Once removed. <laughs> so, of course, eBay notices this. You know, they've bid up this painting to $135,000 and Walton's account is frozen and the sale's cancelled. Now, you can imagine a $135,000 Debenkorn painting attracts a lot of interest from dealers from the art market because it's on eBay and eBay's quite new at the time. And they're f- so people- and the famous cousins of the bidders as well might have got oh, interested. Yeah. Grandson of Giacometta, yeah. <laughs> so eBay has frozen his account and the FBI are now starting to watch these guys. But you'd think, well, you know, they've got the heat on them and everything. But no, they just continue to do it. And over... So from 1998 to May 2000, they made several fake shield bids on over 1,100 auctions. So, of course, eventually they're arrested. Now, I've only been able to find information on what happened to to Kenneth Walton. If I find the other information on what happened to the other two guys, I will put that on the website, on the notes, so you can find out. So they're arrested on charges of placing over 1,100 shield bids. In the end, Walton cooperated with the pro- prosecutors. Walton admitted to forging Richard Corn's signature, and he got probation, nine months probation, and he was required to pay back $74,000. Oh, right, yeah, so... Uh, to his victims. Now, that was a long time ago on eBay, so you th- That was last, last century, wasn't it? That was, yeah. that was before we even had telephones, wasn't it? So you imagine that there wouldn't be anything, and I'm not saying there is anything debatable on, on eBay at the moment, which brings us to our, our new section which is probably just for this Epipodcast episode only, called Fakes on eBay. Fakes on eBay, fakes on eBay. Is that a genuine Picasso? Fakes on eBay. How much? Fakes on eBay, fakes on eBay. I hope that's signed for delivery. Fakes on eBay, fakes on eBay. They said it's genuine. They said it's genuine and original. Fakes on eBay. Are you saying they're fakes on eBay? Sold as seen. No returns. (laughs) Right, so the first ones, Tom, if you'd have a look, 
Um, the first ones I I went on to eBay and I was looking for some. I thought Picasso is quite a popular guy to pick. And as we discussed previously, uh, I uh, Emir he used to draw Picasso and draw uh, Matisse, so they're quite popular. Uh, people listening to us now. You can go on the website and we've got the actual pictures that we're talking about. They're actually up so there. So these are live auctions on eBay at the moment? I found them like the last two days. All right, yeah, yeah. So these are live auctions on eBay as we speak? Uh, yeah, they won't be there by the time this goes out. So you think they, 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 these things come up and they go very quickly. That is the nature of eBay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the one I found, going on an auction site that I'm not going to name. eBay. In the last <laughs> I didn't say that no other auction sites are available and I'm sure you can get similar works from all other auction sites um, and disclaimer this uh, sketch is called a certain auction site fakes on a certain auction site <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the first one we are looking at is a is the head of a bull and it's, it says here, it's a Picasso-signed watercolour head of a ball. Now, uh, looking at it, Tom, I don't know what you think, but this doesn't look like watercolour. That's my first alarm bell that's rung. Yeah, well, it, it certainly looks suspiciously like felt-tip-on-paper-style watercolour. <laughs> <laughs> Have you also noticed that, um, that if you look at the head of Matisse as well, it looks like it's done in a similar felt in a similar style, should I say, with a similar medium. I'm not I'm not gonna be prepared to go as far as you and say felt tip Tom. I'm oh, gonna yeah, a it similar does, medium. It does look suspiciously like it's another classic felt tip on paper type drawing. Now there is another reason that we need to, we are talking about Matisse and Picasso uh, rare drawings at the same time is they, they looked like they were on similar pieces of paper, possibly from the same pad. I, I, I sort of imagine there's someone leaning over a desk. They do, they do the bull's head and then they just move their arms slightly to the right and then they do the head of the uh, next picture. <laughs> oh, have you any evidence to back that up, that that no, I mean, preposterous well, claim? <laughs> well, what I'm saying is it's the same seller and they look like really similar pieces, even though they're classified different i guess i yeah I, I know that picasso and matisse have met on occasions that's 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 on record but my question is did they use the same pad and pen to do drawings that's together? it you've got it it was the same pad and pen <laughs> <laughs> so now it does look like a picasso and to my mind it does look quite like a Matisse. I'm looking at the price and I'm noticing that the Picasso is going for £1,495. Oh my, what? That's a bot. They must be idiots, the sellers. Those sellers do not know what possession they have. It's gold, I tell you. <laughs> Tom, are you, Tom, put your checkbook away. <laughs> yeah, Tom, steady on, steady on, Tom. <laughs> now, I know you're thinking this is an exceptional opportunity to acquire an extraordinary and rare original work of art, as they're saying. Um, can I just add, no returns? No returns. There's something else you need to know. If this was a Picasso, you would expect to pay £100,000. 
or more. So how many dollars is that? What's that? One hundred thirty thousand dollars. It's it's a fair amount. It's definitely six figure dollars, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of dollar. A lot of dollar. So my question is, it's only for one and a half thousand pounds, or or two. What about two thousand dollars? Yes, about right. It. Why is it so cheap? Now the thing is, is it says there. It's, it's no. I can. Only, they must be idiots, Marcus. They must be just total, total divs. So you're thinking that we should go in and we should just buy it? Well, it does say that it's a rare, original and vintage piece, does it not? Yes, it does, Tom. But I have to stop you there. And I know you're getting excited and you really are starting to look like you're going to buy this. (laughs) I have to say, it's got no provenance. Yeah, but you know, you don't, it's, it's a painting, isn't it? Yeah, it's got no paperwork with it at all. So the point is, is if it doesn't have any paperwork, then it's not worth anything. It's not. It's only worth it as as an image. So how much would you pay for that as an image? Well, it depends. If for an extra five hundred quid they could provide the uh, bit of paper provenance, then maybe. What do you mean a certificate of authenticity? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, but again, I have to say a certificate of authenticity means nothing it's rubbish unless it's by the people that actually produce the print the the gallery or say for instance like if you buy a bank so you have to make sure it's from a pest control they're the people that officially produce the documentation cakes on ebay cakes on ebay but does it have a certificate of authenticity on to the last one. We've got a very rare one. It's a Pablo Picasso, a 1940s original Cubist drawing of a Minotaur, signed, reduced. So this one is amazing. I don't know if you can see the incredible discounts that this has on it. It's very rare you get Pablo Picasso discounts. Yeah. Now, from the Greek myths, when I think about the Minotaur, I think about a half man, half bull, and he's quite a terrifying creature yeah but i mean it does look a bit like what you might expect a discounted picasso to look like yes but does he look like a scary minotaur does he does he invoke the the fear of the minotaur to i'm saying it's discounted because it's such a shit picture it's the sort of picture someone would draw at school on their pencil case (laughs) picasso has done very simple pictures before but i don't know this this stylistically just doesn't ring to me, Picasso. I might be wrong. As I say, this is also on our, on the website as well. This one is actually discounted. It's on the spring <laughs> clearance sale, and it's got over 75% off. Nice. And apparently, it's an original Cubist crayon drawing on paper of a mythological Minotaur. I don't know if there's a real Minotaur, but this is a mythological one. It's funny it's on discount, because there's this artist... Um, just outside Brighton, he's got his own little shop and he's discounting his works at the moment. So maybe it's just a <laughs> time of the year thing. Yeah, well, I mean, but this is quite incredible because according to this, it's got 80% off spring sale week and it's now just $3,125 and it's been reduced by $13,000. Yeah, uh, but um, I've, got, I've got to ask... It doesn't have provenance. It has no certificate. Oh, not, no certificate of authenticity or provenance. provenance. <laughs> <laughs> but it says here, serious buyers, please email us for the provenance. Oh, you can email for the provenance. So yeah. can you get an email of provenance? No. I'd be interested <laughs> to see what the provenance would be for this. 
Oh, it's probably, it sounds like it's an, e- or a, an eBay message of provenance. Uh, provenance would be a paper trail going back to Picasso. So like a bill of sale from Picasso to the person who owned it first. A fingerprint? A Picasso fingerprint? I mean, that's brilliant. If there's a fingerprint of Picasso on a painting, that's pretty good provenance. Other provenance could be the fact that it's been shown in a, in a gallery sale and you've got, there's a photograph of it. Even a photograph of this picture with Picasso. Yeah, a, a selfie, Picasso in the picture. Yeah, a Picasso selfie. <laughs> <laughs> Bet he did take a Picasso selfie with one of them. Because you can take selfies with old cameras. Yeah, and he would have had, he could have used a paintbrush as a selfie stick, couldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> one of those long ones. <laughs> yeah. So apparently here it says it also looking it says it's in good condition due to age. The paper has faded slightly darker and good condition due to age. What do you mean it's only 2 weeks old? Yeah. <laughs> so this this was like from the Second World War period. Did did he fight in the war? Did he fight in the war? No, no, he he stood his ground and stayed in his studio in Paris. All right, yeah. And then he emerged triumphant and was seemed to be a hero of the resistance. I have to say, I'm not quite sure what he did to resist, but he did stay in Paris and he didn't, you know, he didn't bend over, bend over for the Germans. That doesn't sound right, does it? Yeah, but it might make sense because if he was busy, like leading the resistance, he wouldn't have had time to do like nice pictures. So this might be an example of one of his rushed pieces from that period. <laughs> That's a point. <laughs> oh, just draw a couple of quick eyes and nose mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of funny ears. <laughs> oh, actually, I'll put some stars above it. <laughs> Again, if this was a real painting, a real Picasso crayon drawing, you're talking in excess of $100,000 at least. And even if that was discounted 80%, we're still talking a large amount of money. Yeah. I think someone should collect all these fake images on eBay of the art and make a, a fake artist gallery. of A gallery, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so just to summarise, if you're going on auction sites like eBay... There is a lot of good bargains to be had. There's a lot of good art there to buy. But if you see any big name artists, just be careful. My advice is, and if it's cheap and it's too good to be true, it generally is. In the show notes, we'll give you a lot more information about this as well. Um, so anyway, anything to add? Uh, if people would like to email us on info at modernartisrubbish.com. That's info at modernartisrubbish.com. If anyone would like to create their own fakes, like better than the ones we've talked about, or just want to have a go at it, send us your versions. Oh, excellent. Yes. Make sure to include the signature. And, <laughs> yeah, and we want a certificate of authenticity. If you are able to get fingerprints of dead artists, that would help. (laughs) (laughs) And make sure the fingerprints are on the work. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we've got a Facebook page and you can visit us at modernartisrubbish.com. Okay, I think that's it for this week on fakes. So we've just got our buys then. Any buys? Oh, Mm. well, I suppose, yeah. All right, then, bye.
Bye. <laughs> Oh, right. I've got a lot there. I've got a lot. I think I can make. I can, <laughs> All right, I can yeah. make something. So is that ever? Have we covered everything? Good stuff, Tom. Oh, the... But we didn't mention the Millie Vanilli singer. Oh, maybe it wasn't Millie. Who was it? Oh, Black Box. 